Welcome to the Practical Growth Podcast. I'm your host, E.B. Johnson, top writer on Medium.com, published author, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. You've landed on the podcast that takes you on a journey into the heart of relationships and self-discovery. This is a must listen for those who are ready to overcome their toxic relationships and their toxic patterns. You can expect real talk, practical guidance, and raw and relatable guests that you'll be talking about for weeks. Let's get into it. Well, hello again, my lovelies, and welcome back to another great episode of the Practical Growth Podcast. It's me, your host, EB, TikTok, Narc Talk coach, and uh, topmedium.com writer. And I am going to be serving you up a very delicious episode about depression, anxiety, and trauma today. And it is one that is going to help so, so many of you, and I cannot wait to share it. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the rumination spirals, right? Those terrible, terrible waves of depression and anxiety that can hit us on the other side of a traumatic experience or even realizing that we had a traumatic childhood. We're going to explore what that looks like a little bit today, and then I'm going to break down how you can help to minimize and partially avoid the worst parts of these spirals by giving yourself a positive footing for your emotions and your mental health before you ever even start that slide. Before we jump in, though, this is just an update and reminder for anyone who is interested in getting coached by me. My books are closing December 15th. So if you want to work with me for eight weeks, this is your last chance. This is the last call, um, last opportunity to get yourself booked in to work with me. If you want to do that, you're going to need to apply. I only work with six people at a time. um, And that is because the program that I deliver is very intense. It's very fast acting. And I give everyone 150%. And I expect every one of my clients to give 150% as well. So if you want to go into 2023, with more command of who you are with the strength to set boundaries to maintain those boundaries and to start kicking the narcissists in your life to the curb, then you need to work with me and you need to do it now. Time is running out. Again, my books do close December 15th. So if you want to get coached by me, you need to head to therealebjohnson.com and click on working with me. You'll find the application right there. Again, that is therealebjohnson.com slash working with me. All right, let's jump into it. Anxiety and depression spirals after experiencing a traumatic event. Is it a totally escapable thing? Is it inescapable? What what are our options? How do we keep ourselves from being totally pulled under and getting trapped in those cycles of regret, of shame, of guilt, um, and then all the hopelessness and the panic that comes along with that? How can we either prevent or minimize these depression and anxiety spirals before they happen. Fundamentally, it all has to begin with a deeper understanding of trauma, with knowledge of what trauma really is, what it really looks like, and how it really affects not only your emotional body, but your mental and physical bodies as well. That is right. We are long past the days when we think Um, or where we believe even that trauma is a purely emotional experience. Uh, Initially, that is the shock to the system, right? When you are traumatized, you are exposed to an event or an experience which shakes you so fundamentally to your core 
that you are outside of your ability to process it, to manage it, to react to it, to respond to it. You don't have the supports that you need. It makes you entirely fearful of your life, of yourself, of the world around you. And these these shocks, right, these traumatic experiences, moments, events, they don't just make us fearful emotionally. What we know now from the, all the research and research and research that's emerging is that trauma actually <laughs> damages our brains, right? It damages our brains and it also damages other aspects of our nervous system. And that all trickles out. All of these systems are interlinked. They're tied together. And when you experience these traumatic events, it literally causes brain damage. Your nervous system is immediately affected. And that can spiral also into affecting your immune system, affecting your physical body, your muscles, (laughs) your nerves, your bones. There's a million different side effects that we now know come from these traumatic experiences This trauma is stored not only in the mind, not only in the heart, but in the body. And the longer it's held on to without being addressed, without being recovered in some way, the more damage is done over time. Your body will literally degrade. You're more likely to get chronic illness. You're more likely to get cardiac problems. There's a million and one different things that can be linked to heaps of trauma that are undealt with. And the mental health stuff, right? That is obvious. That's one of the first and most obvious side effects. Once you experience a really traumatic event, you are shaken. You are shaken mentally and emotionally. And while it may take more time for our bodies to begin to degrade, our mental state and our emotions break down immediately. Our cognitive ability breaks down immediately. It immediately becomes harder for you to make decisions, especially if you get stuck in that survival mode, that fight or flight kind of sense. It immediately becomes harder for you to emotionally manage yourself. Depression and anxiety are incredibly common on the other side of a traumatic experience. Not only are you fearful, but there can be a lot of guilt. There can be a lot of shame. There can be a lot of anger and regret on the other side of these experiences. So in order for us to deal with any of this kind of depression and anxiety, these rumination spirals down into darkness, we have to really, really come to terms with what trauma actually is and how serious it is, how serious the experience is and how damaging it is for us in the long run. Once you have a better understanding of how serious trauma is and you begin to treat it, like the life-altering experience that it is, you begin to understand how we can slip into these patterns of depression, anxiety, of hopelessness after trauma. Because our brains are damaged, okay, our brains are these incredible computers, really, inside of our heads. They're these incredible computers. And once they experience trauma, the brain goes into a desperate and constant attempt to protect you. So even when you're sleeping, it's constantly scanning the environment for threats because it never wants you to experience that kind of fear or terror again. Now, physically, that can put us into anxiety, right? We feel anxious responses. We start to feel panic. Your heart rate increases. You might sweat. You know, you know what the anxiety response is from your physical body. But then inside of your head, your thoughts your brain also starts sending you 
patterns of thoughts in order to protect you. So very commonly, that is throwing you back into the experience through traumatic memories. You keep re-experiencing these memories and over and over and over again, you feel all of these emotions. Now, it seems senseless, but what your brain is trying to do it is trying to protect you. Okay, it's trying to run these memories over and over and over again so that you can look around your environment and notice any similarities between that past situation and where you're at then. And that brain sees any similarities in your environment as a threat. So the rumination being done by your brain, keep thinking about it, thinking about it. What could you have done differently? Why didn't they do this differently? Why weren't you lovable? That is an attempt to protect you. Your brain is trying to think through, to process, to constantly scan, observe, and make sense of everything so that you never, ever, 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 ever get hit or hurt ever again. But the problem is that's just not realistic, right? We, it's just not realistic. Not only can we not possibly scan or see every threat everywhere, but there's not always a threat everywhere, okay? Your brain doesn't always need to be on scanning for threats because most of the time you're safe. You are actually safe. So we have to be understanding of our brains. We have to understand how this works and how we slip into these rumination patterns. And once we see the sense behind it, you know, the logic that our brain is trying to work along, it's easier for us to step in and to break the patterns, to work with our brains instead of working against them, to minimize these these spirals of depression and anxiety. Now, this is none of this is to say nothing that we're going to talk about here in just a second is going to stop all depression and anxiety after a traumatic event. Okay? It's not. Because quite frankly, some of these emotions are unavoidable after a traumatic event. The aim here is to minimize the heaviest, darkest, and most worthless parts of these experiences. Because there is still lessons to be learned in your depression and your anxiety. And sometimes we experience those feelings, those emotions for a reason. Because we need to feel them. Because we are not in the right place. We are not making the right decisions for ourselves. We are not with safe people who are supporting us. Okay? So you need to look at rumination patterns, depression, hopelessness, anxiety for what it really is. And then decide to give yourself the best possible footing to deal with it, however it comes into your life after a traumatic experience. So what does the nuts and bolts of that look like then? How do we prevent or minimize these anxiety and depression spirals after a traumatic event? Well, the best way to deal with it, the best way to deal with these really heavy, hard, dense emotions on the other side of trauma is to to minimize. We're going to try to minimize and pack yourself with as many positive people, emotions, and experiences as you can before you slip into that. So this is things, these are things you want to do either before a traumatic experience as part of building a healthy, fulfilling life for yourself. Or if you have recently experienced something traumatic or realized that you are going through something traumatic, then these are steps you need to take immediately to give yourself some balance before the rumination patterns can kick in, take over, and pull you down. First and foremost, one of the best gifts you can give to yourself at any stage in your life, but especially after trauma, is learning how to lean into pure pleasure. Pure pleasure, just pleasure for pleasure's sake. 
There is no denying the value that pleasure has in our lives. There's a reason that we can experience pleasure and there's a reason that certain things give us pleasure. Okay. And what I'm talking about here, when I say pleasure, I don't mean we're not talking about sexual pleasure. We're talking about real, fulfilling, validating, personal pleasure, personal pleasure. These are the things that lift us up at our core, no matter where we're at in life. Things that make you smile or that make you laugh or relax or feel at peace. These kinds of pleasurable activities are an important part of preventing the worst aspects of anxiety and depression spirals. So instead of putting your head in the sand after something bad happens or just keeping busy to avoid everything, what you can do is allow these really dense emotions to work themselves out of your body, out of your heart, out of your mind while doing things that you love, love, love and can be entirely present in. So you figure out what you enjoy, you figure out what your passions are and start going after your passions immediately. Well, like watching Disney movies, you want to eat a bowl of popcorn, you want to just go and see your friend and travel to a park or Napa or whatever it is. That's what you do. Just pure pleasure. And if you don't know what brings you pleasure anymore, then what you need to do is to look into inner child work, because that is where we can find these first original kind of fountains of authentic joy and happiness and optimism and fun. Next, what you want to do if you're really trying to fend off the worst parts of these rumination spirals is you need to try to lean into or discover a chosen family for yourself. From the time we're brought into this world, we get hounded about family, right? Family, 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 family. But this isn't just blood, This is not just blood family, okay? Blood family is not the ultimate commitment in life. You don't need them to be safe in this world. As a matter of fact, some of us find that they're the source of our trauma. So that's why the focus needs to be on chosen family as a means of support. These are not toxic people. These are people who wake up and choose you every single day. These are people who choose you even when they have seen you at your worst, Okay, and they may not be blood. Some of them might be, but they may not be. They might be friends. They might be romantic partners. They could even be your coworkers. Okay, you never know where you will find people who are just totally, completely open, who are willing to be open with you, who are willing to be a safe place for you to be open with them. These are people who choose to see the best in you that you can trust that, you know, no matter what I come to with this person, I will not be judged. And they might be hard to find, but they exist everywhere. So what you can really do to try to bring some peace to yourself in these moments is find people you can trust. Find a community for yourself that you can be completely at ease with. The third step to defeating the worst parts or avoiding the worst parts of these depression and anxiety spirals after trauma so incredibly easy. And it's shocking to me that this is not one of the first things that's recommended to anybody who's gone through a bad experience. And it is this. Uh, Do things you're good at. Spend time doing things you're good at. And here's why. Self-confidence is a core part of defeating your trauma. Okay. The more self, like genuine self-confidence. I'm not talking about like, oh, I look good. Like genuinely, I love myself. Self-confidence 
um, is a huge part. That is how we get over our trauma. Because when we have that self-confidence, we are actually learning how to love ourselves and hold standards and boundaries. And you can start to look at your trauma and separate your value from it. You see your trauma as something that happened to you, not something that destroyed you. So when you're feeling good about yourself, when you're in love with yourself, when you're in touch with yourself, it's easier to keep your eyes on the horizon and away from those doom cycles, okay? You know there's no going back. So when you do things that you're good at, you can be present in the moment and excited about the future. And there's an elegant simplicity in that. Because when you're low on yourself, think about that, right? After trauma, right? Before these depression and anxiety spirals set in, what is usually the first thought that you're having? What's that inner voice saying inside of you? She's like, you're terrible. This happened to you because you're a bad person. You deserved for this to happen. Everyone's going to do this to you. When you're having those conversations with yourself, when you're low on yourself, everything else works against you. You get stuck looking down on yourself. You, you're worried about the past constantly, panicked that someone's going to find out, regretting all the things that you can't go back and redo. And that is where those depression and anxiety spirals get their foothold in your life. So to get back to happiness, to get back to comfort, to just get back to a level ground, you need that sense of high self-confidence. And the easy way to do that is to just do things that you're good at. Just do things that you're good at, whether that's cooking or running or riding a bike or taking your dog on a walk or painting a picture or starting a new business Whatever it is, just do things that you're good at. And little by little, you'll feel better about yourself. And the more positive feelings you can build about yourself, the more you will step into healing, the more you will step into that chosen family, into taking braver action for yourself after your trauma. It's an amazing first step to just make sure you keep feeling good about yourself and you keep putting out right there in front of yourself in the real world That look, you're worthy. You're good at things. You have a purpose. You have a value. And more than that, you've got like meaning and fun things to do in your life. Now, the fourth step to defeating the worst parts of these patterns is one of my favorites, but it's not always everyone else's favorite. And that is creating a path to learning, creating a path to learning, because um, that is just sorry, it's fact. You need to understand what trauma really is. And what the trauma recovery journey looks like, no matter what your trauma was, you need to realistically know how those two things affect the human being as a whole so that you can heal. Anxiety and depression aren't always avoidable, okay, after trauma. They're just not. They're just not. Um, Sometimes we're just hardwired to fall into those patterns, okay? And we've also not been given any healthy examples. So some of us can't avoid that. And that's especially true if that depression and anxiety comes as a part of a larger condition that might have been created by the trauma, right? Like PTSD. And in my case, I have I was diagnosed with CPTSD. Um, and that means that sometimes I'm in a slump, okay? Sometimes I slump. And I have to be very aware of that. And I have to be aware that sometimes these low feelings, these dense feelings are going to be a natural part of the healing process for me. And that sometimes my body is going to need to go through these emotions in order to get them up and get them out as I work through this really complex healing process and create balance. So again, we're not always trying to totally stop. So what can help us is learning, learning. When you truly learn to, quote unquote, prevent the spiral, what you're doing is learning how to manage the reality 
of those spirals, of those feelings, of that depression, of that anxiety, of that whole trauma experience. Surviving this comes to us through wisdom, through being able to sit in ourselves and understand what we're feeling and allowing ourselves to be comfortable being uncomfortable with those feelings. So one of the best things you can do for yourself, if you want to make sure you survive the depression and anxiety that comes on the other side of serious trauma, you need to learn everything you can about anxiety and depression and how they relate back to trauma and how we can experience them in our real lives. And Google will be your best friend. Now, this fifth step is one that I wish someone had shared with me earlier. And this actually got, I discovered this from a fantastic ADHD coach on TikTok. And that is this. You need to create systems for yourself, okay? If you really, really are like, I am not going to get dragged under by my depression, by this hopelessness, by this kind of panic that I feel, you need to create systems, substantial systems for yourself. And these are not, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, these like healing and recovery gurus. They're like, buy my $10,000 five-step program. I will guarantee that you'll never feel trauma again. Uh, No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about layered, layered, personally designed systems, as in you design them for rest and recovery that you create and program for yourself. So that is what you have to do in the wake of your own trauma. You have to create systems that allow you to work with your emotions instead of avoiding them. Okay. And these systems have to make room for the experience that your physical body will also have post-trauma, not just your mind. So some of these systems might look like self-care routines. You may want to, you may go, right, I've just had this really, really, really bad experience in this relationship. I'm out of the experience now, but I know that I'm going to get rocked by some serious depression. Like I'm not really feeling it now. I'm excited to be out, but I know it's coming. So I'm going to build a self-care routine for myself. Well, that might incorporate not just like having a bubble bath and calling your friend for a girl's night. Okay. That might actually involve you contacting a therapist, setting up a treatment plan for yourself, building new social contacts. It might have to involve medication. It might have to involve a change of scenery, materials, uh, new experiences, whatever helps to keep you in a manageable place, whatever helps keep you on a positive track for yourself. In every single one of these instances, these systems, however you have these systems, it might be, this is what I'm going to, this is my system for when I'm feeling sad. This is how I take care of myself. This is my system for protecting my emotions. Whatever the system is, you have to design them based on your values, your beliefs, your standards, and your boundaries. And all of these systems should help you confront emotions, not avoid them, okay, including the dense emotions, anger, sadness, etc. And they should help you communicate your needs and rest your mind and body. So these systems can't just be, I'm going to get up and go running for two hours until I don't want to cry anymore, okay? There needs to be more layers to them than that. You need to have the ability to rest as well. Number six is also dead simple, and it's one of the most fun parts of consciously defeating the worst parts of our depression and anxiety spirals, and that is this. Figure out what you're passionate about. Figure out what you're passionate about. Your passions can be a powerful safety net that keep you from spiraling into the like heinous, nasty, I'm worthless parts of anxiety and depression post-trauma. 
Okay. Whenever you feel these kinds of like, I'm going down, I'm dipping down patterns coming on, you can latch onto your passions as a kind of like crazy hook back onto the mainland. You don't have to slip into that. You can reach out and not only do things that you're good at, just do things that you love. You may not even be good at it, but you just love it. Maybe you suck at tennis, but you just love going and smacking a ball around. That's great. Do it. Do it. Go and read eight books about Egyptology. Go and take that hieroglyphics class. Whatever it is, whatever you're like really crazy passionate about. I don't care if it's knitting cat sweaters. Figure out what you're passionate about. And even better, if you can identify things that involve the full use of your body, right? If you can get out and move and shake some of this trauma out of your body, doing things that fully engage your mind and make you feel totally enthralled and happy and curious and plugged into your life. And last but not least, if you are dead serious about defeating this darkness, then become your own best friend. Just become your own best freaking friend. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I know it sounds ridiculous, but seriously, think about it. How much time do you spend just being a good friend to yourself? And I want you to think about that. Like, think about the last person you were a really good friend to. And then think about the last time they went through a crisis and how you treated them. When was the last time you spent that much emotional labor, time, effort, whatever, just being that nice to yourself? Seriously, when was the last time you were as supportive to yourself as you are to whoever your best friend is in your life? Do you take time to check in on yourself? Do you take time to kind of check on your emotional investments, your emotional inventory to make sure you're like getting what you need from yourself and from everyone around you? Or do you just kind of like keep on keeping on? We'll just keep going like it is. Uh, There's a good chance you're going to slide into negative spirals when you don't know how to have these kinds of relationships with yourself, right? Because again, it it gets tied into that self-confidence, that self-esteem, that self-love, that self-respect. You need to become your own friend so that when you start to slide into that spiral, you're the first person there to tell you, no, we're not doing this today, girl. Get out of bed. When you do this, you're giving yourself a chance to move away from that really critical, nasty behavior. And what's even more powerful about it is that you're taking away that need for external validation. I don't need the world to make me feel better. I don't need to go and call my girlfriends every five seconds because sometimes they're not going to be available. I can support myself too. I can have a village and then I can be my own village both at the same time because that is why I need to be fully fulfilled and to feel safe as a person. You don't have to tear yourself apart. You can be the first person that shows up with, you know, the cheerleader pom-poms and the big sign. You can choose to be your own friend and choose to support yourself through every single crisis that you go through. You can choose to talk to yourself kindler and gentler. You can be compassionate. The way you treat yourself inside of your head has a lot to do with how these depression and anxiety spirals are going to go after your trauma. As a matter of fact, the way you treat yourself inside your head has everything to do with how your future is going to turn out. It's a scientific fact at this point. It's a scientific fact that whatever you think about yourself is going to manifest in your behaviors and your decisions, which is going to create your future. So do what a friend would do and pick yourself up after trauma. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Pick yourself up. 
hold yourself tight, tell yourself it's going to be okay, and then get back to number one on the top of this list and start working through it all over again. You don't have to be consumed by your trauma, okay? You don't have to be consumed by it. You don't have to be consumed by the negative aspects of it, even if they are inevitable alongside the experience that you've had. You do not have to be consumed by it. You can give yourself a fighting chance of escaping the depression, of escaping the anxiety. You can keep yourself focused on positive prevention, even as you realistically experience negative things. This is not about avoiding your feelings or experiences entirely, okay? It's a more accurate way of giving yourself positive footing so that you can deal with the difficulties of trauma recovery without being destroyed and swallowed up by it. Know that challenges lie ahead and choose to be gentle with yourself anyway. Gift yourself minor pleasures, softness, the compassion that you would give to a friend or a child. Be understanding. Move slowly with yourself. Give yourself mercy through the whole process. Just give yourself mercy. The pain does not have to swallow you up. The pain does not have to swallow you up. You can break the cycle. You can choose to move differently, to build differently after your trauma. That experience does not have to be the experience, the moment that you lose everything. Okay? Experiencing trauma does not have to be the end of who you were. It could be the opportunity for you to fully realize who you want to be and what that person is actually worth. But to get to that person, you're going to have to invest in yourself and your future and your healing. You're going to have to make a commitment to yourself and honor it as you would value a commitment to someone you truly loved. So spend your time, energy, and love wisely and make sure you don't ever give up on you. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope that that has given you a boost or, um, you know, some fuel in the tanks to keep going because life is hard. Crap is hard right now. It sucks. Um, It's not easy for any of us. And um, I hope that if nothing else, that this episode has been able to help you see a light at the end of the tunnel. I hope that, you know, It gives you a little bit of fire, helps you see some spark that's left. As always, if you would like to help me out and get a free ebook, you can always leave a five-star review of this podcast over on Apple Podcasts. It's dead easy. You just head over, um, let them know what you loved about the episode or the show, and then take a screenshot. Send that to me on Instagram, or you can email it to me, admin at therealebjohnson.com, and I'll send you a free ebook that simple that simple it really is so leave a five-star review if you fancy it if not thank you so so much for listening for reading my blog on medium.com for following me on tiktok for showing up for my tiktok live you guys are absolutely incredible and the support you've shown me has like blown me away you've really changed my life you've really changed my life so i'm hoping i'm able to give some of that back to you thank you again i'll be back next week with an all-new episode But until then, keep your heads up, your eyes on the stars. Keep moving forward. Bye-bye.